When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Great having Will Hill in uh, last hour in studio. We wrapped up the conversation with Will talking about the BMW Championship. We're going to have Carl Paulson join us uh, from Sirius XM Radio later on this hour to talk more about Tigers meeting with the PGA Tour Mm -hmm. and, of course, the second leg of the FedEx. I just want to follow up on that very quickly to begin this conversation. I like Cam Young, too, at 28-1, to and that's what Will Hill, uh, his official pick is, and we don't want to give away long shots with you and Matt Humans and Brady Cannon, but I think he, he's popping on some of your models this week for 28 to one. The one thing that is almost an immeasurable, if you will, right. is the rumor of live golf and Cameron young, along with Cameron Smith, who is not playing by the way, mm-hmm. in the second leg of this FedEx, he is, he's bowed out with a hip situation. So only one cam in this field here. Does that ever factor in, Wes, that you go, I wonder if he's hearing those conversations and the whispers get into his head a little bit and maybe doesn't play his best golf? It could. I mean, I just went a lot just based on the course, sure. based on the fact. Look, par 71, 7,500 plus yards, I think 7,534 to be exact this week. But big greens and, you know, I brought that up last segment about the Open Championship. How how good of a putter. I know Cameron Smith was out of this world in terms of the putting, but Cameron Young did very well on those lag putts on those really huge greens. And these greens, by the way, are going to average about 8,100 square feet. So some of the biggest these guys are going to see on tour. So it's very easy to hit greens here, but it also probably is going to be very easy to have some three putts. And, you know, in a lot of this projecting, we're also playing a little bit of a guessing game this week, simply because we haven't seen this course on the PGA tour. This is Wilmington country club, Mm. kind of a composite of the South and North courses that they're going to play this week in Wilmington, Delaware. So, you know, when you look at it, you just got to say, okay, total driving three putt avoidance strokes, gain T to green proximity, 200 plus yards on these long irons. So Cameron young really fits the bill. I think in all of those. So just from a pure stat standpoint, he was a guy that went on there and maybe it is a little bit of a narrative like last week, like Will Hill was saying in terms of uh, Will Salatoris been there a couple times. Look, he went to a playoff last week. He had already lost two playoffs in 2022 at the farmer's insurance open. And then to Justin Thomas at the BGA. So Cameron Young's been right there, had a couple runner ups, a couple thirds. So maybe this is the week where uh, he breaks his maiden on the PGA tour. Very quickly. By the way, I didn't see the live odds because you and I had already signed off for the day uh, over at Circus Sports uh, when we were doing our Sunday show and Willie Z to win last week after in the third playoff hole mm-hmm. against Neb Straka, he hits first on the par three and he puts it between somehow between the rock and the edge of mm-hmm. the rough and the ball was sitting down. Uh, did you see a live number before we saw? I, I, actually, I actually did not. Uh, I don't. I don't think it changed at that point, or I didn't see it because I was, was just watching. If you could have gotten in between those two shots, yeah. 
the, the probability of him winning at that point had to be minuscule at best. And then Steph Straka yeah, follows it up by putting it in the Because I was basically, you know, tied to Wills Alatoris at that point. I'm not going to hedge out right. for a little pittance in a playoff. But, yeah, I think what, what Willsy did in that conversation he had with his new caddy, by the way, uh, 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 Joel Stock, who was on Tringale's bag the first time he was caddying for Zalatoris, it was like, you know what? Pick up that ball, go back to the tee. You have a better shot with an iron because he was number one on strokes gained approach throughout the entire week and also on Sunday's round. So what does he do? He stiffs it to seven feet and makes uh, the uh, save for bogey because, you know, that's what you've got to do, and that's what a pro caddy does. Yes. And, and, you know, maybe with Take Zalatoris, I don't want to besmirch, you know, his buddy or who he called one of his best friends, but – he wasn't a pro jock, mm-hmm. you know, or hadn't been. I mean, he was kind of starting out with Zalatoris, but, you know, going with Joel Stock, I think Joel Stock very much earned his piece of the prize pool last week with that decision. No question about it, as Willie Z breaks through. And for those people out there that think that pro players don't listen to what pundits say, what mm-hmm. fans say, what the media at large says, when Will Zalatoris made that great par save on 18 in regulation, what did he turn and say? What are they going to say yeah. now? So he knew he knew he what knew. was going on. These these players listen to some of the scuttlebutt about what they have or have not done. But that monkey is off the back of Will's out towards breaking through the PGA Tour. We'll talk more about that with Carl Paulson later on this hour. We talked a little bit about the Steelers in preseason game number one uh, against Seattle. And it really was, look, you know, sometimes I call it fake football, but there's, you know, real money to be made. And you can glean something from some of these games. In that game in particular, maybe the most, with the quarterback battles that are going on with the two respective teams, I want to stay to the Pittsburgh side. They came back and got the win. Now, Mitchell Trubisky, four for seven, 63 yards, led a touchdown drive, had a touchdown pass. Well, you see Mason Rudolph did the same thing. Nine of 15, 93 yards, touchdown pass. And then there's the elephant in the room now, which is your 20th pick overall in the draft, right there staying home coming out of the Pittsburgh Panthers, and now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett. 13 and 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Now, if you're going to play rookie of the year, we mentioned that Kenny Pickett is the shortest number on the board at 8-1. to one. That is all going to be based on, is he going to get enough run in order to cash mm-hmm. that ticket if you want to take the shortest odds on the board? What do you make of the quarterback competition there? Because Mike Tomlin, if there's ever a guy that I believe what he says – and like, you know, Mike Shanahan, when I covered him in D.C., he said, I'm going to lie to the media. I'm not going to tell you the truth. It feels, and he did that to safeguard his players. It feels like when Mike Tomlin says something, that's what's going to happen. Right. He has said this is an open competition, not for one, not for two, but for all three. If you had a jockey, this is a horse race. How would you kind of handicap these three? I still think Trubisky is going to start week one, and I still think it's his opportunity to have this job. And I think he's deserved a second chance. I think he was very good in a backup role in Buffalo. You didn't see a lot of him, of course, during the regular season. But I think, you know, just learning from a new coordinator, I think the relationship with him and Brian Dable was certainly much better than it was with Matt Nagy mm-hmm. in Chicago. And that's why I think, you know, at least, you know, Mitch Trubisky, a lot of times when you fail one time, it's like, okay, oh, it's a retrain. It's a recycled guy. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out the first time in the NFL or any sport for that matter. And you just need a, you know, sometimes it's, it's oil and water. Basically. Yeah. I think that's what Trubisky and Nagy were. And I think, you know, he is going to be the guy that is going to get the start. He certainly adds an improve, to an improved running game. I think that we saw last year, Steelers were able to kind of find their running game toward the second half of the season. But I think he's going to go first. I think with Pickett, he's the long-term guy. And I know that there's always the pressure because he played at Pitt and, you know, got him in that uh, New Year's Six Bowl game. So there's going to be pressure there. The moment Trubisky, you know, throws an interception or fumbles or something. But Rudolph is kind of where he is. I mean, if Rudolph had a chance to be the starter, they wouldn't have drafted Kenny Pickett. So Rudolph's either the two or the three. And I know the order has been Trubisky, Rudolph, and Pickett. But they do want to keep a guy. And that's why I think they kept Mason Rudolph. It's like, we got to have one guy in the system. And we got to have a guy that's at least started a couple games for us in the regular season in case Pickett doesn't develop right away. Or Mitch Trubisky isn't what we thought when we signed him. So Rudolph's kind of like the insurance policy. But I do think Trubisky is going to get the start early in the season. And just uh, looking at that Steelers schedule, uh, you know, got a division game on the road week one. That's never easy. You're going to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati mm. absolutely blew him out last year. Then you get New England at home at Cleveland. 
the Jets at home at Buffalo. So there is an opportunity, at least for the first few weeks, to you know get a get a couple wins. I think the schedule kind of you know maybe gets a little bit more manageable as you get to the middle of the season. You get a lot of games at home. You get some road games that you're going to be favored in, like at Atlanta, like at Carolina. So you know we know that this defense is good enough to be you know a division winner, playoff team, what have you. But the offense is going to be the key. But I think certainly seeing that out of out of George Pickens, that's at least a nice surprise for them. It is. And the win total is seven and a half. And again, if you look at uh, the Steelers historically with Mike Tomlin, they've never had a losing season. Mm-hmm. I, I say again, never had a losing season. You go nine, seven and one last year with Ben Roethlisberger clearly was at the end of the rope last year. That's pretty impressive, actually, in hindsight and go to the playoffs. You know, it's, it's pretty impressive to lose to the Chiefs, obviously, in that first round. Now I look at it and I go, well, the over, it's minus a dollar five. They yeah. don't even have to go, they don't have to keep that string going for Mike Tomlin in order to cash that ticket. They could go eight and nine, be under five hundred for the first time and still cash that ticket. The betting market is not respecting no. maybe this quarterback room and or this offense at large. They are a team I'm going to wait on from a season win standpoint. I'm not going to have a pre-flop bet on the Steelers either over or under that season win total because if you look – they were a little bit fortunate to be nine, seven and one last season because they went eight and two in one score game. So they got yeah. a lot of luck and usually more often than not, that's going to go the opposite way the following season, or at least certainly regress from a number like eight and two. However, when you look at the Steelers first time with a new starting quarterback since 2003, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger had some of the worst metrics in the league out of 40 qualified quarterbacks. He was 26 in QBR. He was 26 in adjusted net yards per pass attempt, 39th in EPA per play 35th in success Oof. rate so it's like maybe there's nowhere to go but up so maybe that that's the optimistic side of the Steelers the pessimistic side is obviously talking about the fact that they went eight and two in one score game so you know I don't want to call this quarterback crop a downgrade from what we saw and with Roethlisberger in last season but there is a lot of uncertainty around this team so you know, sometimes we have strong opinions like, okay, this team's going to be really good or this team's going to be really bad. Steelers are kind of right in the middle for me because I don't know what to make because I think they have potential to be good, but I also think they have potential to disappoint. If there's a couple coaches in the league that you kind of trust the team because of the head coach, when you look at the numbers, one, of course, is Bill Belichick that always stands out in New England. The other might be Mike Tomlin, who mm-hmm. set the standard is the standard. That's been the saying in Pittsburgh as long as right. Mike Tomlin has been there. They don't change. There's the a reason why they've only had what three head coaches in their franchise's history. Absolutely amazing. When you think about that with Chuck Knoll and then uh, Bill Cowher and now Mike Tomlin, that my friends is how you get stability with with a franchise. And they've done it there in the steel city. Uh, when we come back, let's take a look at some major league baseball. And again, we touched on the card a little bit last hour with Will Hill. I'll get Wes's thoughts on that. And are my Mets really in trouble in the NL East? Really? We'll discuss when you come back with us here in the Lombardi line on these and these sports betting network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see where the changes are headed in all of the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line here. Let's take a little uh, detour from the football talk and talk a little Major League Baseball here. Now, I mentioned, and we talked about it with Will Hill last hour, the Mets and Braves, and I saw a lot of consternation on Twitter from the HDL fans beating their chest. Mm-hmm. Where, are those Bra- where are those Mets fans at? They had a good night for the Braves yesterday. The Braves are still four and a half games back. Yes. They still have three more to go with the Metropolitans in this series, and DeGrom and Schurz are waiting in the wings if you're a Metropolitan fan. But today, they might be up against it just a little bit. Now, here at BetMGM, it's a small number to, to pay on the, on the Braves here, minus $1.40. If you like the run line, that's minus one and a half at plus 135. What do you make of this matchup here, and should the Mets fans start to panic? I don't think they should panic. That being said, I don't like them in this game tonight. I do like the Braves (laughs) simply because it maybe is like more of a little bit of a play against Taiwan Walker. Because if you look, we expected at least a little bit of regression from what we saw in the first half of the season. If you look at the four starts after the all-star break, Walker's given up 16 earned and 18 and two thirds innings. So that's 771 Mm. on the ERA. That is not going to get it done. So we knew that, you know, based on the hard hit rate and he hasn't really pitched that well the contact that this was going to happen now you get Atlanta who's got one of the hotter offenses in baseball 149 and WRC plus the last week for the season second hard hit rate so you know maybe Walker's just kind of walking into a buzzsaw against this Braves lineup and I did mention when Will was on set with us here at the end of the last hour Charlie Morton's been a little inconsistent, but he can still, you know, get some strikeouts, 50 strikeouts last 42 and two thirds innings. Uh, now the last time he faced the Mets, the Mets hit three homers off of him. So, you know, you gotta be worried a little bit about the lawn ball, but, but I, I think the Braves are the rightful favorites and rightfully getting the action tonight. But, you know, you don't want to necessarily push the panic button in New York. You got to Grom back. You have Max Scherzer pitching terrific. And so I think, you know, ease up a little bit. You got Diaz as the closer with that with that the great trumpet. entrance music. It's oh, so good, just just phenomenal. And uh, and uh, look, uh, I mean, maybe not exactly Enter Sandman like Big Mo in the Bronx, but it's pretty darn good for well, Flushing Queens. I was, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you can go back to like the the best closer entrances right now, and Edwin Diaz has got to be up there with, oh, yeah. with the trumpets, right? Yes. You mentioned Mo when he come out of the pen to Enter Sandman, which is fantastic for Yankee fans. They're gonna probably put that number one. What about when Trevor Hoffman did it for the Padres with Hell's Bells? Oh, that's a good A lot of teams use that as their intro themes, by the way. The Indianapolis Colts, actually, that used to be when they'd get introduced. And, you know, the the guy on the motorcycle and the mascot and everybody leads them out. And uh, that's what they used to do in Indianapolis. I think a few teams, Raiders, I think, actually used to use that. But Hoffman only threw like 90. Yeah. 
Right? I mean, location, location, location. You're coming out, you're soft tossing to hell's bells. Yes. That's not the way normally it works for the closer. You're thinking hellfire and Here brimstone, comes man. Come on, Ricky, give him the heater. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. These guys are just throwing change ups up there. But he got everybody out. That's for sure. Uh, when you look at the Dodgers today against the Brew Crew, the surprise here might be is that the Brew Crew are solid favorites. Mm-hmm. Again, you look at the pitching matchup, you're going to go, well, I kind of understand it when you have Brandon Woodruff on the bump here for Milwaukee. Is this a green light ghost scenario? Because you don't get many opportunities as the Dodgers here, plus right. ten to play them as a, as a dog. I might look at the Brewers in the first mm. five. I don't know if I want to do it the first game. And it, it's not that Ryan Pepiad uh, from Westfield, Indiana, oh. by the way, Butler University's uh, pride and joy on the baseball diamond. He's got good stuff, Ryan Pepiot. But the problem is when you're a young guy, sometimes you can't find the strike zone yeah. all that often. You look at the XFIP at 550, about a run and a half higher than his actual ERA, 392. So that would say, okay, potential regression candidate. And then you go more inside the numbers, 22% ground ball rate. Now he's only gone like 20, a little less than 21 innings, I think, so far this season. But he's been hit hard because, look, it takes a little while for a young guy that's even got some pretty good stuff, which he does to learn how to pitch in this week. And then you go against Mr. Reliable, Brandon Woodruff, a 352 ERA this season. Uh, but he's been a lot better. If you look really the, the, the reason why he's favored, not only going against Pepia instead of going against, you know, one of the top Dodger pitchers, mm-hmm. but in seven starts up there in Milwaukee, 238 ERA, the whip all the way down at 0.77, which is paltry. Wow. And when you look at him when he goes on the road and is away from uh, American Family Field, Woodruff 447 on the ERA and 145 on the whip. So Woodruff's been pitching. I think he's kind of found himself because this year it felt like, you know, uh, Corbin Burns has been, you know, basically the same, maybe not quite as dominant, but still pretty darn good. One of the better starters in the national league. And Eric Lauer is, you know, needed to kind of be that steady Eddie at the back end of the rotation. And he really has been, they've been waiting for Woodruff to come along. And so far he has two forty-five and four starts since the all-star break. And I think, you know, this is a guy that, I think has some value the second half of the season because those numbers were a little bit disappointing in the first half of the season. You can go ahead, I think, and look at him. Uh, I don't know if I want to lay the full game because you always, I, I understand you always kind of feel like you're taking your life in your hands, betting against the Dodgers. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, the Dodgers is an underdog. Sign me up. And ordinarily I would join that chorus, but not necessarily tonight. I would actually look a little bit in the first five because the Brewers, even though they're not the best hitting lineup, no. they're still a big league lineup. And against a Pepiad who's trying to kind of figure out, you know, how to pitch in this league and locate, locate his fastball and whatnot. And he hasn't really been able to do that, at least with any consistency. I would look Milwaukee first five here. And I think you can get it as low in the market as like a dollar 25 that MGM showing a dollar 35 though. Brooker, by the way, two games back in the Cardinals uh, in, in the central, I look at that division. And again, if you remember before the season began, the Brewers are about a two to one betting favorite Mm -hmm. to win that division. Uh, Is this more the Brewers have underachieved or in your eyes, the Cardinals overachieved? Maybe a little bit of the former because, and I think of what you saw and the Brewers now, they're kind of still trying to figure it out too, because they traded Josh Hader. And I know Josh Hader had had a rough few weeks uh, going into the deadline, but it's like, this guy's been such a good closer for you. And look that, that I think can spark a clubhouse. I don't know the inner workings or the inner sanctum of that Brewers clubhouse, Mm -hmm. but when you get a guy, that has been pretty good for you. And all of a sudden he's no longer with you. It's like, Hey, what's going on here? And plus the fact that I think the Cardinals were very aggressive at the deadline. You know, when you get Quintana left-handed starter, right. you get Jordan Montgomery, I think has been pretty solid in a couple starts there in St. Louis because the Cardinals have had so many pitching injuries. Uh, Jack Flaherty came back off the DL and now he's back on the DL. Steven Matz has been on and off the mm-hmm. DL a little bit. Uh, uh, Reyes, who was supposed to be their closer, hadn't pitched at all this season. Jordan Hicks has been battling some injuries. So the Cardinals, if you look, they really had to do something, and they certainly did at the deadline. And then, of course, uh, Goldie, still still the favorite in the National League to win the NL MVP, still hitting, so uh, hasn't really fallen off yet because I think we looked at that Cardinals roster and are like, eh, these old guys, Goldie and Arenado and Molina and all these guys, and I know Molina has missed some time, by the way, that they're going to fade away, but the Cardinals are just somehow they're always there. You can never count this team out, and, and that's why this is a real battle for Milwaukee in the Central right now. They say they have the best fans in baseball. If you don't believe them, just ask them. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's they, what they, they say. You know, you know what, and, 
and they are. And being a Reds guy, I'm kind of like, yeah, I hear I've it all. heard that my they whole feel, life. They feel like they've invented the game in St. Louis. But you know what? They do have very good fans. They do, but you can't say it about yourself. Yeah. But somebody else can say, you know who's got the best fans? St. Louis. Mm-hmm. St. Louis can't say that St. Louis has the best fans. But they do. They tell you it all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk uh, about one thing I do want to bring up about the Dodgers and the Brewers. Yeah. I know we still have that graphic up there. The Dodgers have only been an underdog five times in the last 366 games. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to close one today. I think they might. It might, you know, you'll, you'll get some Dodger times. action five times in 366 games. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, by the way, Seattle's not going to win the ALS, but right now they are the leaders uh, in the wild card race here, uh, positioned very well for that spot. Robbie Ray going today against who I, I you know, the Angels, if I ever want to bet on them in the preseason before the season begins for a win total, just just grab me and say, well, don't do it. I well, never understand. We'll, we'll what, talk to our resident Angels fan, Jonathan Von Tobel, and uh, if you ever have optimism, ask him. He's like, wait, just wait. It'll, just it'll wait. And, and he said it again this year, and then you get to June, and obviously they oh look my. like one of the worst teams in baseball. Can't figure them out. Robbie Ray going today on the bump. Is it as simple as that for you, or is the number maybe a little bit too high at $1.70? Yeah, it, it is a high number, but gosh, man, it's tough to back the Angels. Because I never say that a team is unbackable because everybody's backable at the right number. Right. I don't know if the Angels necessarily are here, uh, but this is, a, you know, Robbie Ray, you know, got to avoid the walks, and that's what you worry about a little bit with Robbie Ray. He can still strike a lot of guys out, but uh, uh I'm not going to lay this on the road. This is going to be a pass for me, but I certainly want no part of the Angels tonight. Yeah, it's just every year, nothing changes but the dates and the calendars for the uh, Anaheim Angels, the California Angels, Anaheim Angels of Orange County. doesn't matter what they call them. Well, changing your darn name, maybe that's why you can't find a consistent (laughs) winner. Not working out very well. Go back to the uh, Reggie Jackson, I must kill the queen era of the Angels in the Naked Gun. Naked Gun, absolutely spectacular move. Frank Drebin, by the way, was a great umpire. Uh, Enrique Palazzo. Or, or was it Enrico Palazzo? I, think it was I, Enrico I don't know. Palazzo. Can't tell. Uh, when we come back, Carl Paulson is going to join us, our buddy from Sirius XM Radio. Next year on the Lombardi on Avis and the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops just next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, divisional finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up in our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become part of the sports betting network back alongside West Reynolds. I am Dave Ross. We continue the Lombardi line and Wes, when I drive in to do the shows with you on Tuesdays and mm-hmm. Wednesdays, it's the drive is perfect for me coming in here to South point casino in Las Vegas. Cause I get to listen to my buddy CP Carl Paulson uh, inside the ropes on Sirius XM radio does a great job there. Of course, former tour player. And now you listen to him as I do or follow him on Twitter. As I do at Carl Paulson golf CP. Great to have you back in the program. My friend, never a dull moment these days on any tour that we're talking about in the world of golf. And Wes and I mentioned it earlier in the program. Tiger Woods is there at BMW championship. He's going to be speaking to the tour players today. And it feels like an all hands on deck type meeting. CP, what do you make of this? And what do you think Eldrick's going to tell the guys? Well, that's the million dollar question, right? Um, Who knows what's going to happen? Of course, some people have been, you know, reporting that it's going to be an interesting player meeting, but of course we don't know it's going to happen until some of that stuff comes out, but it's definitely an interesting time in the world of golf. There has been uh, no shortage of things to talk about in my world anyway. 
Carl, uh, you know, one more on this. Uh, do you think it's kind of like, I mean, I know we're kind of guessing here, but do you think it's kind of like with Tiger, like, okay, stay the course, guys? Because I know Tiger has at least somewhat made his feelings known on this Live Golf Tour when he did the media availability over at St. Andrews, you know, talking about the guaranteed money, saying, hey, what's the incentive to practice? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's all about competing for championships and it's all about competing for legacy. So do you think that this is okay, Tiger being called in and getting getting off that Gulfstream G550 there in Wilmington, Delaware, and saying, okay, stay together, guys. Stay the course, you know, and, you know, keep fighting the good fight against these guys. Could possibly be. Um, you know, obviously, Tiger has been a big proponent of the PGA Tour, and, uh, you know, the reports are he turned down high, you know, three-quarters of a billion dollars to, to join the Live Tour. You know, and it's a little easier for somebody to – Tiger to say, hey, look, we're competing for legacy. We're competing for championships. But, you know, I've been trying to stay semi-neutral in this. It's definitely shaking up the, you know, shaking up the world of golf for sure. And, um, you know, the PGA Tour was, was the tour that allowed me to, to play professionally and, and do what I do now. So it's, you know, I, I definitely – and leaning towards the, you know, keeping as many players as we possibly can on the PGA tour. But I understand some of the players going, you know, in the twilight of their career on the back nine of their career. And somebody offers you $50 million at age <laughs> right. 42 and you've got, you've got four or five wins. You're not going to break any records. You're not going to you know, be making any history at, at 45 these days in the game. The game's getting younger and younger. So I certainly can't look at those guys and say that they, you know, made a mistake. Uh, that's their prerogative, right? You, you have to live with uh, your, your decision. So uh, with that being said, I, I just hope that we don't have a mass exodus after the playoff. Um, you know, there's been rumor that Cam Smith has signed. There's been rumor that Mark Leishman has signed. There's been rumors that Hideki might sign. And, you know, if those guys go, it's a big hit to the PGA Tour and to professional golf for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Carl Paulson. And, Carl, you mentioned your playing career. You know, you and I went to First Colonial High School in Virginia Beach, the pride of the 757. It was so cool watching your ascent into the PGA Tour. And then you, you had the lead uh, going into the final round at the players at Sawgrass. Did you ever consider just firing your caddy mid-round and then know that that would lead to success on the PGA Tour like it did for Wills Altors? No, look, <laughs> that's, and that, that's kind of a perfect storm, too. Look, you know, Ryan uh, is a great caddy, and I, I think he helped uh, Wills Altors from basically conditional status on the Corn Ferry Tour to a top you know, 20 player in the world. So let, let's not lose sight of that. And I think sometimes just shaking it up a little bit gives you, you know, maybe the player lets his guard down a little bit. He's not so closed-minded about how he wants stuff done, and he's a little bit more open-minded about somebody else coming in and, and doing certain things their way. And uh, there's been a track record of guys that have changed caddies and, and done well in what I call the honeymoon phase. Uh, <laughs> now, that's not to say that Will Zalatoris isn't going to continue winning golf tournaments, I think. I could have uh, one of my dogs caddy for him, and, and he would win PGA Tour events. So I don't, I, I don't think that that's a, a great uh, example to use because he's you know such a great player, and it was just really a matter of time until he got the job done. Now we're going to see what happens moving forward. But you know, it was a change he felt like he had to make. He, he felt like that their friendship was starting to, you know get on the rocks maybe a little bit because of the on-course stuff and totally understand that. You know, you feel bad for a guy like, uh, you know, Ryan who caddy for him and, and you know, maybe uh, is going to lose out on some big-time FedEx Cup uh, bonuses, but we got to give him some credit for getting Ryan to where he is. But we certainly knew that, Zalatoris was going to win, and you know the fact that it happened right after he changed caddies is is pretty interesting. Now the the, the timing of the firing is pretty interesting, right? You know maybe that maybe it's a hey man, look after this event we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna switch caddies and and change it up a little bit, but um, don't know exactly what went down there. Obviously, it was something pretty pressing for it to happen right in the middle of a tournament, but. These things happen a lot on the PGA Tour, you know. I mean, 
You're with your caddy more than you are your wife. And <laughs> sometimes those relationships get a little sour. And, and when that happens, you know, you, the player's got to do, you know, what he feels like is the best interest in, in his business plan. It is a business, even though it is a game. Carl, uh, Will Zalatoris, fresh off that win in Memphis, one of about 10 to a dozen players priced anywhere from 10 to 1 to 20 to 1. 70 players in this field, actually 68 to be exact. So you're going to get a lot more chalkier guys kind of compressed together. But we have a new course, uh, first time for the Wilmington Country Club there in Delaware to be hosting a PGA Tour event. And so I was looking, Carl, yesterday when I was modeling this thing, and I was like, well, I don't really have any data because we don't have any course history. But when I look and I see 7,500 plus yards, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I got to go with at least some bombers off the tee and some guys that are up there in strokes gained off the tee or total driving. How would you plan to kind of look at this if you're prognosticating this event going forward? Well, that's a great question, obviously, with a golf course that I'm unfamiliar with. You, you think 7,500 yards and you go, wow, I better pick a lot of bombers. Um, and, and look, if the bombers are hitting the ball straight, they have an advantage. If you hit the same amount of fairways as I do and you hit it 30 yards longer than I do, you're going to have an advantage. It's as simple as that. Now, the fairways are fairly tight out there at Wilmington. So depending on, on the rough, you know, that, that'll kind of be your deterrent, you know, your determination of, uh, of our, am I going to pick bombers just because they hit it far or am I going to try and pick guys that hit it pretty far but hit a lot more fairways you know kind of sam burns kind of comes to mind for a guy that hits it pretty far and pretty straight um but i just don't know enough about the golf course this is a tough tough week to to make picks for sure but the bmw has a knack you know minus a couple of years ago at olympia fields when four under one but the bmw has a knack for 25 or 26 under winning um and i just be perfectly honest with you. I don't think the 75 yards, uh, 7,500 yards is scaring me off. I think around 20 under par is going to win this wow. week, uh, depending on the, on the course conditions. But, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's always an interesting event because you've got 40 guys and it's such a massive, massive advantage to get to the, you know, to get to the tour championship. It gets you in all the major championships and, and all of the perks that, that come with, Getting into that top 30, of course, your chance at that $18 million payday as well, mm -hmm. which is uh, not a bad consolation, you know. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's a real tough week to, to look and see what kind of player is going to play well this week. CP, we got about uh, 45 seconds to go. You're a Gamecock. South Carolina, the win total is six. Are you believing in Beamer ball this year? What are your Gamecocks going to do in college football? Um, I, you know, we had such a great year in his first year last year. He's completely changed the, uh, you know, the, the culture there, I think. And, uh, I'm going to go over six. I don't want to get too, uh, you know, too wrapped up and we're going to win eight or nine games, but I, I think a seven and five or an eight and four season would be fantastic this year. Absolutely. All right, CP. I'm with you. Hey, man, thanks for hopping on. As always, always great to catch up. Enjoy the second leg of the FedEx. We'll catch up again soon. Always a pleasure, my friend. There thanks, he is, Carl. Carl Paulson, the pride of First Colonial High School. As long as he and I went to the same high school, I'm always going to be second <laughs> fiddle. Nothing I can do. Uh, when we come back and wrap things up here, I'm the Lombardi Wanavis and the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Plenty of trip to Vegas, come out and convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today. They get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside West Reynolds, I'm Dave Ross. We continue the Lombardi on with one of the most worthwhile exercises that we do on the network, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's bet now or bet later because the, the idea of this exercise is is to see where we think the lines might move right. and whether or not you see value in those numbers today. Very quickly, before we, we, we begin this, Carl Paulson, I mentioned last segment here, South Carolina alum, he likes the over six for Carolina. He had a late juice there. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? I would lean that way. I did not bet that in terms of one of my college football season win totals. But look, Getting Spencer Rattler. Yeah. I think South Carolina, you know, they ended the season very well. They had that uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl down in Charlotte. And, uh, look, they took it to North Carolina. So, you know, Shane Beamer trying to bring in a culture there at South mm-hmm. Carolina. You upgrade that quarterback position with Spencer Rattler. You got to think he's got to have a chip on his shoulder because lost the job at Oklahoma to Caleb Williams, then got it back, then lost it. Lincoln Riley kind of played musical chairs with those two guys. But Spencer Rattler, this guy was a five-star <laughs> yeah. quarterback out, out of out of Phoenix and a lot of people including me I thought he was going to end up maybe at at Arizona or ASU ASU but ASU is kind of a mess right now yeah. with some of the things they got on some of the potential recruiting violations so he ends up at South Carolina so look I, I would expect that the Gamecocks certainly going to be more competitive they're always very good defensively that's going to make uh, Carl Paulson and the Gamecocks nation very happy to hear that report let's talk about uh, week zero coming up less than two weeks now just 11 days away we'll start off with Nebraska laying about 12 and a half here against Northwestern. The total around 50 and a half is what we're seeing here. When you look at these numbers now, is it a situation where you'd bet it now or potentially bet it later? Yeah, looking at this and and look, I don't really like to go against Pat Fitzgerald very often when he's an underdog because I've cashed a lot of tickets on him, but you know, Northwestern's still a little bit of a rebuild there from a talent standpoint. You look at Nebraska, they are bringing in a new offensive coordinator, that being Mark Whipple, who uh, worked with a guy we were talking about earlier in the show, Kenny Pickett, and, you know, had record-breaking numbers there there at Pitt. So now he comes into Lincoln, and 
Scott Frost, you know, I'm going to be interested in this team because I think this team could be a dark horse in the West mm. Division, but I'm interested in the dynamic, really, with Nebraska. I'm interested to see how much Scott Frost steps back because Mark Whipple is an experienced offensive coordinator, and he's a pretty headstrong guy. You know, he was the head coach at UMass and got his head kicked in, but everybody gets their head kicked in at, <laughs> at UMass. So but that's you, why he's not at Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah, exa right? exactly. So uh, you look, and, you know, Scott Frost has been an offensive coordinator most of his career. Career, of course, at UCF and at Oregon and, and, and a couple of, you know, these different stops. But, you know, Scott Frost had to take a little dock and pay. They elected to keep him. I think Trev Alberts being a fellow Husker football player, him and Frost were part of that culture with Tom Osborne and all those great years they had in Lincoln. Trev Alberts doesn't want to fire Scott Frost. Mm. I think if he has to, he will. But this was the way to kind of say, okay, hey, dude, we need to see a little bit of progress here. So if Scott Frost kind of steps away and lets Mark Whipple run the show, because if Mark Whipple's running the show, you got to expect Nebraska's going to throw the ball more. They're going to be a little bit more up-tempo. The total has been bet to the under at least a little bit. I'm seeing down at like 50 and a half at BetMGM mm -hmm. and in the market. Number has gone from 10 to 12. So, uh, you know, I think if you like Northwestern, I could see some 13s or 13 and a halves pop. I think you wait if you want to bet on Northwestern because I think they might get some late money just because Pat Fitzgerald has such a good history as an underdog. Yeah, so if you like Nebraska, maybe you didn't get the best of the number, but it might get worse to Wes's point there. So keep that in mind. Here's about 11 days away. Let's talk about the, the Cowboys of Wyoming at Illinois taking on the fight in the line. there. Uh, Illinois at home is going to lay 10. And this is one of those intriguing points here. When you look at the the total at 44 with a big number in double digits at 10, is there any correlation plays that you might like here? And would you bet these numbers now or potentially wait? Yeah, I, I would probably uh, I would probably wait if you want to bet Wyoming. I think that this could go up a little bit. And look, uh, Illinois, you know, they're kind of used to this week zero thing. I, I think now, yeah. uh, in terms of uh, they liked it last yeah, year. Yeah, they had to play it where they came back against Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, Illinois is going to be a little bit of an interesting team. By the way, they'll get my Hoosiers on Friday night in the official week number one. Ooh. So uh, we'll see if that gives them an advantage play in the week before. It oftentimes kind of works against a team because the team that hadn't played does get film on you. Uh, so uh, there's something to be said for that. But, uh, you know, Illinois probably at least overachieved a little bit last year. The schedule is going to be a little bit tougher, even though the non-conference is manageable with Wyoming coming in. Uh, Craig Bull, of course, uh, was part of the great years at North Dakota State, and they just keep rolling along in that program. So Wyoming, if you look, the offense really wasn't great last year. They found themselves in a lot of low-scoring games. They're very inexperienced, too. They only bring, I think, back eight combined returning starters. Ooh. So... I think maybe this is a little bit of a step back year for Wyoming. I would lean the line I lay in 10. All right. And that small total there got bet down from 44 and a half down to 44 right now on the total. Whenever you see UConn football, you just go, well, feels like an auto fade. They're mm -hmm. going to take on Utah state in week zero, big number. You got to lay with Utah state. We're seeing as high as 27 and a half. And that total is pretty high as well. 60 and a half bet now. Or are you going to wait a little bit? Yeah, well, I don't want to bet UConn no. hardly ever. Maybe maybe later in the season when they're getting like an exorbitant amount of points. Uh, Utah State was kind of a surprise last year. I thought that they very much overachieved, and they end up winning the Mountain West Conference in the first year with Blake Anderson as Logan Bonner uh, came with him last year. So now uh, he is back for Utah State, but they do lose a little bit of personnel. So this is one I'm going to leave alone in week one. I'm going to wait on that one, that's for sure. What about Vandy here against Hawaii in week number zero? So you're going to the big island there to play that one. And if you like the uh, the, the Vanderbilt uh, side here, you got to lay seven. And right now that total, 55 and a half has been bet down to 55 here at BetMGM. So a little bit of money moving there. Yeah. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, a total new culture there in Hawaii. It is uh, Timmy Chang, the former yeah. great quarterback there on the wow, islands, I'm is going to take over as the coach. Uh, Hawaii had a lot of exodus in terms of players last year with Todd Graham. I mean, they they made the excuse for COVID because remember they were supposed to play Memphis in the Hawaii oh, Bowl. Boy, and do I, I don't want to say it was an excuse. Maybe there's some truth to it, but I think a lot of it was the fact that it wasn't COVID that took out a lot of their players. A lot of players transferring out of the program. They wanted and there out. was basically a 
mutiny there. Mm -hmm. So Todd Graham goes, they bring in Timmy Chang. This isn't a team with a lot of experience uh, coming back. So I think that this is going to be a little bit of a rebuild. It almost seems ridiculous to lay this with Vanderbilt on the road, but that might be where I'm going here. Clark Lee trying to build a, a culture there, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame now in his second year down in Nashville. When you're in the SEC and you're Vanderbilt and you're down on talent, it's a little bit tougher to recruit there because of the academics take the wins where you get them. And I think you've seen in terms of the opener, all the money has gone to Vanderbilt. Now, if I think if this gets a seven and a half, you'll get enough buyers on Hawaii. Did they play any Commodores at Yacht Rock? They did not. No on, Commodores? On this occasion. They usually will play a little he's easy like Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. By the way, I got to go see Lionel Richie next time he's at the win. How do, they not, how do they not play that? I digress. Let's get to uh, Nevada here. They're going to lay nine and a half mm -hmm. against New Mexico State. Uh, that total right now, 53 and a half. Also, week zero here in about 11 days. A bet now or bet later scenario for Wes Reynolds? Yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, you missed the number. I got a little bit better number on New Mexico State here. Okay. If, it, if it gets to 10 or if it gets back to double digits, I still think it's very much worth a play because Nevada – it, it, this is a new coach and, and you know, a new offense because uh, Carson Strong, by the way, he is now in the National Football mm -hmm. League uh, trying to make the club there at the Philadelphia Eagles. But this is a team that I think is very much, you, you got to think that they're going to take a little bit of a step back. New Mexico State, they're going to move to Conference USA next year. It is Jerry Kill, uh, the former Minnesota yeah. and the former Northern Illinois coach who is going to take over for this team. So you've seen New Mexico State. I think this was 14, I want to say, on, on some of the openers. Wow. And now you've seen this go down to nine and a half a little bit. Just the uh, the personnel, New Mexico State does bring back a decent amount, amount of starters here. Uh, Kill brings in Tim Beck, the former Pittsburgh State head coach, to be the new offensive coordinator. I just think that you have a little bit more continuity with New Mexico State. Nevada still trying to find their quarterback. Uh, Nate Cox was the spring quarterback, but Shane Illingworth comes in, transfer from Oklahoma State, but he stayed in Stillwater to finish his classes, so he didn't come in for the spring, so he may come in, you know, a little bit behind the eight ball. Derek Sage comes in from UCLA as the offensive coordinator. I think they have the mindset of maybe running the ball a little bit more with a lot of double tight formations. Nevada was very much a passing offense under the previous regime. The offensive line doesn't bring a lot back. I think uh, Nevada's going to be in for a competitive game here. I don't know if I would take the nine and a half. See if you can get the double digits up before you jump back in on the A. All right, so maybe wait on that one. Of course, we hope for good health for Jerry Kill uh, in his new job. Wes, always enjoy the conversation. My Good friend. to be with you. want to thank you. want to thank Matt Santos behind the glass. And also want to thank Will Hill and Carl Paulson for joining us here on the Lombardi Line on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.